When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to your Tuesday Buckeye Talk from Cleveland.com. Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means. Now we're talking safeties. We talked to the cornerbacks and the safeties last week. We did a cornerbacks episode. We did not give you a safeties episode yet, so we need to do that. We need to talk about Sonny Styles and Josh Proctor and Lathan Ransom and Cam Martinez and Jihad Carter. And I think the way we'll do it, guys, is just run through the three positions and see where the battles are, where we think guys stand. So, Nathan, let's start with the nickel safety, slot safety, cover safety position, which did get uh, a little bit of a tweak on Saturday when you guys, when Nathan and Steven were at the uh, at the open scrimmage on Student Appreciation Day, I wasn't there. You guys went back. I'm sure you guys listened to the Saturday pod that Nathan and Steven did. Uh, Jihad Carter injury uh, on that day. I think you guys said, Ryan Day said, it doesn't seem to be a long-term thing. But he's in the mix in that nickel safety spot. Cam Martinez is a guy who's typically been running with the ones. We've seen some other guys work in there. Feels like that's the battle, right? Cam Martinez. Jihad Carter as a transfer from Syracuse, and then some of these backup cornerbacks who are now maybe in the mix to get some playing time there in certain situations. Nathan, how do we view that position right now? I think they like Jihad Carter of everybody in that room, and as much as they talk about, well, he's playing every position. Uh, he's the one guy that I think they like the most as being a legitimate option at all three positions. So the best version might be that if Cam Martinez comes out, wins the job, plays his best football so far, and then now that sort of makes Jihad Carter a guy who can bounce around if needed. The It was a non-contact injury during just a seven-on-seven drill. It didn't look good when it happened. Uh, he had to be helped off the field. He did then come back and was, was walking around, so you took some positives from that. They said they thought the knee was stable from their initial test. They were going to do some more evaluations. By the time people hear this, I don't know, maybe some, some word will leak out. But and we'll see what it looks like on Wednesday. But the, the thing that we took away the most from after he got hurt was something that we had already been talking about in relation to what they were going to do uh, with that position in terms of depth. And we saw Jair Brown get some reps there. We saw Ryan Turner get some reps there as like the second string nickel. So you saw guys from the cornerback room sliding over rather than them taking guys who were definite safety bodies and pulling them down to play that nickel spot. But do we feel like, should we feel like this is Cam Martinez's job to lose, Stephen? He was the number two guy at this spot behind Tanner McAllister a year ago. Certainly did get some reps there. Has been in the program a while. Is that how we should view this? Or the fact that Jihad Carter just got here, is this still wide open in our mind? Yeah, maybe it's wide open. I think it's, it's it's definitely something to keep an eye on in fall camp as Carter just gets more used to just being in the program. But at the same time, it feels like Cameron Martinez is now in year four of his transition from, we have to remember, he played quarterback in high school and he was transitioning into being a defensive back. So there was always going to be a little bit of development there. It does feel like it's starting to click for him 
he had some good moments last year, but also dealt with some injuries. And of course that Michigan game, there's the highlight from that, that doesn't look very good. But as we talked about on the previous pod and what they're looking for in a position like that, they are looking for some coverage ability along with the run fit and stuff. It seems like Cameron Martinez's development has finally put him in a position where he's able to provide both of those things in a more extended way than maybe he was last year when we were thinking that maybe Tanner Marquette McAllister has the job in the beginning, but maybe Cameron Martinez comes along late. Yeah, I, I definitely would not say that it's Cam Martinez's job to lose. It, I mean, Jihad Carter's got a lot of experience. He was a starter at Syracuse. He's been a starter at the Power 5 level more than Cam Martinez has. So it may come down, though, to kind of what Steven's alluding to is where is the is it the right positional fit for what they want in this defense right now? Does Cam Martinez better exemplify that? And does he you know just play up to the level that they want? That's still something that remains to be seen. So Cam Martinez has had an interesting career here in that he's a very interesting athlete and player. It feels like this guy's a football player. It feels like this guy's a football player, and they just had to figure out what to do with him. And then they really did figure out last year. And then, But Tana McAllister took far more of the snaps at that position. Cam Martinez was among the guys that talked last week when we talked to the secondary guys. Did you guys get a, a, a vibe He's in year four, right? We talk about a lot, right? Year three is kind of your go year sometimes. I think when you're making an adjustment, maybe, hey, you played a lot of quarterback in high school. You're changing sides of the ball. They got to figure out exactly where you are. Sometimes it gets takes a little longer. It's year four. <laughs> like this is, you know, exactly what happened in year nine. Does he feel like it's go time? Everything like maybe has been building to this, that he is about to play his best football. Because again, I can, you know, I guess it was last year, right? He started a game when Tanner McAllister was out and he played well, but then he didn't necessarily play a ton the rest of the year. Nathan, where is he at? Where does he think he is in his progression as a, as a Buckeye? So one thing he did give us some insight on was that he sprained an ankle week three, um, I'm trying to remember which game that would it was at Toledo. I think so. I think yeah. maybe week three, and and uh, just said that that never fully got right after that. That was something that kind of bothered him all season from that point. That's sometimes something I say later, especially when they they ended as you're saying, like some of the the last things we saw him do. You know, he comes in subs in for for McAllister in the Michigan game and gives up a big touchdown. Like the you know the those are kind of some of the lasting impressions we got of, of multiple safeties on this team last season. So I, I, I agree with what you're saying that, and, and I think we have heard this alluded to from, from Knowles, um, from the coaching staff at large. Like he's one of the guys that it's the time is, is here. Like either you can do it now or somebody else will, because they've, they've recruited, guys into this safety group that they are excited about. Now, Nichols the one that it is a little bit wonkier. And that's where Jihad Carter's presence is is most important because if there were a long-term injury for him, that that does take away their their opportunities. I think they feel like they're deeper at those other two spots than they are at Nickel right now. So I guess when you when you think about the way this room is built, talking about Cam Martinez, we're talking about Jihad Carter. Then when you get to the threes, we're talking about corners sliding over, guys who are still working. They're not permanent position shifts. Jair Brown is saying like, hey, no, I'm doing both. So the third string guys are part-time guys, right? And that's not necessarily bad, but there's not – is there a third guy that we would think about or is it really these it's Carter and Martinez and then corners sliding over that's just where this position is right now that's what we've been seeing that's what we saw on Saturday I I saw Ryan Turner out there once Carter couldn't practice anymore I saw um I saw Mm -hmm. Turner out there we saw Brown out there at one point like those guys were rotating in so now that may be just be part of this ongoing process where they're wanting those guys to get more reps there but again, I think that exposes where where they are at that position and why they why they so badly need Cam Martinez to step up and seize it and and Jihad Carter to make this transition and be somebody they can rely on. And, and but also, I mean, threes are tech where you'd like to see freshmen maybe put their stamp on some things. And there's only one of the three safeties who are committed in this class who is here right now, and that's Malik Harford, and he's a high safety guy, either a man or a Chester guy. So Jaden Bonsu. 
um, number 273 player, number 24 safety, and then Cedric Hawkins, number 355 player, number 35 safety, who committed during the Rose Bowl last year. Hawkins especially is a guy who might, you know, you might look at this nickel safety spot as a spot for him to play. So when he does get here in June, can he maybe start to make some waves and be in the threes? And then a year from now, we're looking at, okay, can he make his way into the twos? But right now, it's just they're missing some guys from the freshman class who are not here. So when we're talking about the threes maybe look light, they're having to pull guys from other spots. Yes, they're trying stuff, but also they're not full in terms of that room right now yet, which is crazy to say for a room that's already got nine guys in it. Yeah, no, that's well said. But but for three spots, for three real spots. Yeah. So it is spread around a little bit. It is just interesting to double check. This is quite a gap. Jihad Carter, college snaps, 1,765. He played 739 mm-hmm. in 2020. And he's actually played yeah. fewer snaps since then. 2021, 483. Last year, 543. Cam Martinez has played 372 in two years. He redshirted in 2020, basically barely played, played like one game. That is a that is a significant gap, but it's just interesting that in this spot, I don't know, is it just coincidence, Nathan? That this is the spot where they brought in Tanner McAllister as a transfer. Now he's done. Now they brought in Jihad Carter as a transfer. Or is there something about this position no. where a veteran dude sliding in here makes sense? Or is it something about this position that they just are lacking at this spot and they've been forced to do it? They've had to go get transfers the last two years. Both, but on the first part of that, it's it's it was specifically that it was mm-hmm. Tanner McAllister, right? Like, they, I think we're just bringing in some safety to play that. They're bringing in a guy who's going to come in and help this whole defense make the Knowles transition, and, and he did that. I, it, the fact that it was Tanner McAllister was a big deal. But I do think that they have uh, – I don't think it – They uh, Jim Knowles said it. I tried to ask a question the other day about whether going from three linebackers to two had kind of screwed up the balance, I guess, more or less in that room and, and made things awkward. And he said, absolutely not. But that has happened at nickel where they Mm -hmm. went to three safety positions, but they were underpopulated in terms of either safeties, not to repeat the whole pod we had last week, but safeties who were of that certain skill set, that certain body type that looked cornerish or corners who could very easily just shift over. And then all the corners were hurt last year. So they've just needed help there they've needed help in terms of the kind of athlete that can fit that spot they've needed help in terms of i mean again we've seen both the good and the bad of cam martinez so it's time for him to just sort of and i don't think i'm saying anything he wouldn't say if he were sitting right here it's time to just take that next step and be more uh, consistent with how you're playing it but like no it's not a coincidence like they they have needed to bring guys in to help and you see that when you change schemes a little bit when you're trying to change schemes, you've got to recruit to it, which means sometimes you're you're going to be underpopulated somewhere when you make scheme changes where you're taking personnel off the field and you're putting it. Like if they were still playing a three-linebacker scheme, that a one and a two at every spot, we'd be still looking at it that way. But because they're not doing a three-linebacker scheme, they've got the last two years, it's felt like they've had this ridiculous amount of depth in that linebacker room if they really wanted to use it while with with defensive back, when you're playing five, that means you've got to bring in five, six, or seven every single year. And this 2023 class was the first class where we got to see them do that successfully. Now can they do that for a couple more cycles? And then maybe in two or three years, you know, we'll be talking about the, the defensive back depth, especially at safety, being where it needs to be on a year-to-year basis where they aren't having to offset it with transfers. So I don't know that this is the goal of this podcast in spring football at every position to – be making predictions, but we are attempting to get a sense of where things stand. So getting that sense, Nathan, who would you guess will be the starting nickel safety week one, if you had to make that guess today, knowing that the battle goes on, we're not saying it is decided. I don't think that we don't think Ohio State knows the answer to that right now. That's the whole point of this, especially when you have a guy who's in year four and has played 372 snaps, and you have a guy who's played five times that many snaps but never done it at Ohio State. That's two guys coming from very different positions in their careers who are trying to fight for this. But what's your sense right now, Nathan? Uh, my sense is it's, it is it is very up in the air, but I, I guess I would lean Cameron Martinez just because I feel like he may have that that versatility that they're looking for and have have 
already demonstrated that a little bit through through practice and stuff throughout his career. It is worth mentioning, though, that at every spot where they've brought in either a new guy, whether that's at corner with Davis and Igbenosan or here at safety with Jihad Carter, or there's a younger guy who it feels like is an heir apparent kind of guy like Sonny Styles. All those guys have been on the twos so far, halfway through spring practice. For the most part, we rarely see those guys. It, the, the ones has deferred to um, tenure through the, the first eight practices from what we've seen. So don't put a ton of stock in that yet because that could just be sort of a function of what's the right word there? Politics isn't the right word, but just like the, the hierarchy that you use there. Like this guy's been here longer. He gets first crack at it and we'll see what happens between now and September 2nd. But that also always has been the case. So there is a balance there because on either side of the ball, I mean, Justin Fields was working with the ones from day one. We know that. Jonah Jackson was working with the ones from day one when he got here. Tanner Martin, Tanner McAllister, excuse me, was working with the ones from the moment we got here. So we've seen both where a transfer can come in. And now context is always important because those are in two of those situations that were older guys and the other one's a first round NFL draft pick. But, you know, we've seen transfers come in here and immediately you know, t- take on a number one role. And we haven't necessarily seen that here. And so, yes, things can change by fall camp, but it does feel like with Martinez's development, if I had to say of the tr- the new guys or the young guys who were on the twos, I might be most comfortable saying that Martinez can hold off the guy who's behind him right now, because we're talking about Josh Proctor holding off uh, Sonny Styles or Jordan Hancock, maybe holding off Davis and Igbenosin. And we know what this talent level is with, Sunny Styles, while with Davis and Igbenosin, I think we've seen enough flash that lets us know that it wouldn't be shocking if he ends up being a starter long term. Cam Martinez is so interesting. I mean, I I, yeah. I I don't want to just keep repeating it, but again, I think so. One snap against Notre Dame, thirty nine against Arkansas State, forty four against Toledo, and that was the game that was kind of like, hey, because that was he and DeQuan Finn had played each other in high school. DeQuan Finn, the Toledo quarterback, and Cam Martinez, they had played each other, I think, in a state championship game, even when both were quarterbacks and then one still is a quarterback one isn't one's in the mac one's at ohio state and that was like a big moment for him and then it just because of the injury or whatever else to just did not continue three snaps against wisconsin six against michigan state 22 against iowa one against penn state 15 northwestern 19 indiana 14 maryland four against michigan seven against georgia he played 11 snaps in the games that mattered and Tanner McAllister, in the end, played more than 500 snaps on defense last year. Cam Martinez played 175. Like, it was not close. So, Stephen, what you're kind of talking about is this idea of, right? So, Nathan, you're saying you're kind of giving the edge to the guys who have been around a little bit right now in spring. I think that makes sense. Stephen, you're saying, well, at times it hasn't been that way. When Tanner McAllister got here, he was one kind of from the jump, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't – in. so – do we think that the difference between the hierarchy where Tana McAllister was ahead of Cam Martinez a year ago, and right now, as we stand, Cam Martinez is ahead, in quotes, of Jihad Carter, is that mostly a function of Tana McAllister had played for Jim Knowles, and Jim Knowles is like, I'm, this guy's coming with me, and he's my guy, because the, the experience that Tana McAllister and Jihad Carter had at another school is similar. So... If Tanner McAllister, his first spring was a one and Jihad Carter right now is a two, is that more about that he knew Knowles or is it more about Cam Martinez is a year more progressed in his career and has earned a nod right over the transfer guy right now? I guess, Stephen, both factor in. Which do you think matters more? I think it's both, but if – for the sake of answering the question, if you're going to lean, if I had to give one side 51% and the other side 49%, I might give a little bit of a nod to last year being Tanner McAllister new to defense, and it gave Jim Knowles somebody else who had a voice. Now, it's not the reason he kept it, but I do think it's the reason why he had the job in the beginning is because Jim Knowles knew that Tanner McAllister knew what he was doing. So to apply that to the logic this time around, it's probably the same thing. He knows that Cameron Martinez knows what he's doing and Jihad Carter doesn't yet because he just got here. What do you think, Nathan? I think the fact that it was – he was kind of a, a Knowles disciple, a Knowles right-hand man was was a huge part of that last year too. Um, but it may also have been that, like, I mean, we again, we saw what, what 
McAllister did at Pro Day, like there there was also maybe just a gap of of talent there um, between what they thought they were getting from Martinez. Tanner McAllister in four years at Oklahoma State played 1,849 defensive snaps before he got to Ohio State. Jihad Carter in three years at Syracuse played 1,765. So they're both incredibly experienced dudes when they got here. I think the battle goes on. It's not going to be decided by the end of spring. Don't think it's going to be decided in the first week in August. And probably in the end, maybe a decent chance that both these guys factor in the defense. As you guys, you know, Nathan, you said early on, maybe Jihad Carter, if they figure, well, we're going to lean Cam Martinez more often than not in this slot role, maybe that opens up Jihad Carter to bounce around a little bit because the guy's played practically 2,000 defensive snaps in his college career. So, okay, that's that position. We want to do that with all three safety spots. When we come back, we'll move to another one next on Buckeye Talk. All right, we don't want to wait, make people wait forever to talk about Sonny Styles. I didn't make the headline of the pod yet. I'm assuming I'm going to put Sonny Styles' name in the headline. Why wouldn't... Why wouldn't I put Sonny Styles' name in the head guy? If Sonny Styles went and got a salad and, you know, got green peppers on it, I might put Sonny Styles likes green peppers in the headline of a podcast because he's a little bit of a magic name. Nathan, what is the battle that Sonny Styles is in right now? This is the Sonny Styles position. What's he playing? Who's he going against? How do we think this is going in the in the spring? And then we'll get to next of how we think it'll shape up in the fall. But what did you guys see from that, from him and his competition on Saturday? Right. So uh, right now he is playing Bandit. He is playing Bandit with the twos. And uh, there was a quote from uh, Jim Knowles, though, that I thought, and I forgot to go grab it before we started, so give me one second. <laughs> but there was one that I thought maybe um, – crystallize some of this for me because he said something along the lines of they are, they they have him working at bandit because uh, okay here it goes we're going to get him in but i think when you start out you have to establish depth you've got to establish competition we need to be better as a defense and i think everybody needs to feel that competition so having sunny there bandit right now establishes a nice competition with him and latham and then ultimately you're right we think they both can play, and then it's my job to find a way to get them both on the field. So right now, they are competing competing at Bandit. I think if you were to poll everybody who covers this team and said, what's the most likely outcome in the safety room, they would say that both those guys are starters on September 2nd. So now then it's just a matter of like, well, are those guys competing or if they're both going to end up at is – it, is, it is it right now the competition to see which one – would best be like a dominant guy at bandit. So you'd move the other guy to adjuster or the guy who would most easily move to adjuster. I don't know, but uh, I, I don't know that the competition is that in the end result of this is that one of those two guys isn't playing very much. So that, there's a YouTube video that we did last week. where like, I got this exactly backwards. And I was like, Sonny styles is the adjuster. So can you guys go delete? You might well That's be That's what you might... do on the internet. Yeah, you right? might if you be. say something on the internet, you just delete it. Isn't that how that works on the internet? There's like, no hard copy. Just go delete some, it. Sometimes you just leave it too. No. <laughs> I've, I've seen. I think you could delete it. I think I, this might be a delete. So does this make sense? Does this make sense? Does this make sense? Steven, does this make sense? So yes and no. Funny Styles played a similar role to the adjuster in high school. And for what it means. So he could do that. If they really wanted to start him and Lathan and put Lathan at the band, keep Lathan at that bandit role, Sonny Styles has the athleticism to play the adjuster role. And he played at a pretty good high school, bigger to central. They compete for state championships in Division I Ohio high school football. So that's a big deal. But also, Lathan Ransom could also play the adjuster position and showed us last year he could play bandit. So this is like the one tandem where it feels like it could be interchangeable. But I think that part of trying this stuff out is sunny, sunny in the athleticism that he is. But also I think they just like Lathan ransom as a weapon in the same as a safety in the same way. They really just liked Tommy Eichenberg as a weapon at middle linebacker. And even if like none of us saw it, I mean, Tommy Eichenberg ends up being a, you know, borderline all American guy. So is, and cause I'm bringing Lathan into this conversation because it matters. He was talking about how 
He's up to like 205, which is the heaviest he's ever played at in his life. And watching him on Saturday, they had one play where it was like a goal line drill. Nathan remembers what I'm talking about. They sent Lathan Ransom on a blitz, and he like flew like a bat out of hell and got to the quarterback before they could even get a ball exchange going off. And it's that type of stuff, I think, is what they want to do with Lathan Ransom because they figured out something with him. We saw it a little bit last year with the pump blocks, and then they would send him on some safety blitzes ever so often. I think Jim Knowles has unlocked something with Lathan Ransom that as much as we want to talk about oh, what Josh Proctor might be able to do at Bandit, what Sonny Styles might be able to do at Bandit. He might be able to send Lathan Ransom as a weapon the same way he did with Tommy Eichenberg. And I think it's playing a role into where everybody else is playing in that safety room right now. So we've talked about stapling safeties together on this podcast in the past. So then the idea is you just, we we love what Lathan Ransom can do there. We love what Sonny Styles can do there. They're going to staple them together in September and have them play like maybe not even a staple, maybe more like a three-legged race, yeah. right? You just get a gunny sack. They put the middle leg in and now all of a sudden here come these two athletic guys and then the adjuster, well, someone will play the adjuster. That's fine. So the question is, do we think, so let's take a poll here on Buckeye talk. Nathan, we'll start with you. Stephen, we'll go to it. What do you believe the best position in a vacuum the best position for Sonny Styles in this defense and the best position for Lathan Ransom in this defense, Nathan. In uh, a vacuum, if nobody else existed yeah. and you were just starting with them, the best thing for them and the way they would best help this team. Well, I think the best position for them in a vacuum might be Bandit for both of them, which is where they're both okay. playing right now. Yeah. Do you agree with that, Stephen? I think I agree with that. Okay, so in a world where Perry Eliano, the safeties coach, said, we want to streamline things for Sonny Styles. And so the way they're streamlining things right now is by letting him play the position where he best fits, but where he is blocked by an older player that fits it just as well. I guess my question is this. The thing that where I said, does this make sense nine times I mean, five minutes ago? If you think they're the two best safeties and one of the guys has a lot of reps and one guy doesn't, does it make sense to spend the spring having them get these reps in the same place? Or should you be having one of them get reps in the other spot well, if you think there's a decent likelihood that in the end they're going to be on the field together? You know what I mean, Nathan? Right? You know I, what I mean. I know you, no, no, no. I know what you mean. And I don't I, I don't believe that it has been exclusive as to, to where they have played. Mm-hmm this spring. That's part of it. Um, the other part of it is I'm, I'm hesitant to use words like blocked in on, on April 3rd. I just am because it's, it, 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 we're halfway through spring. There's an instructional process that's going on. So I hear what you're saying. I think it's a, it's a point worth making. Uh, I think there's also, it, 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 none of this is happening in a vacuum. You do still have Josh Proctor who exists. So you want to make sure you take your last look or or see if there is something there with Josh Proctor. And what if there is? What if he is a better adjuster than either of those two guys are adjusters? I think some of this is due diligence of, of the evaluation here and, and, and making sure you get this right because safety was not right at the end of last year. Safety was very exposed in those last two games. I think Sonny Styles is going through his first spring as a college football player, so they're putting him where they think he's maximized best. And just to the point you just made the teaching, they're just teaching Sonny Styles. And they're just teaching people. And I think when we get to fall camp, things could potentially look very different when it's no longer just about teaching and about who are our best guys. Because I do think that Lathan and Sonny are probably their best two safeties, but that's not a conversation they have to necessarily be worried about having in April – um, we're recording this where April 3rd is going to be on April 2nd, April 4th. That's not a conversation they have to be worried about now the same way they have to be worried about August 4th. And the other thing is, the, the reason Jim Knowles calls us the adjuster is because you have on-field responsibilities with helping mm-hmm. align this defense snap to snap. And that is probably a bigger, now I'm going to use the word a different way, adjustment for an 18-year-old than it is for someone who's been around three, four years in this program. So when you look at Lathan Ransom on PFF and his snaps from last year, by their count, he was the deep safety, 190 snaps. He was in the box, like 
So so deep. So he was the adjuster, 190 snaps. He's more the bandit, 266 snaps, and they had him as like just playing sort of the slot for uh, 145 snaps. So that's a guy who did play multiple positions. Um, who knows what that means? Yeah, some of those snap counts on positional stuff is, uh, is weird. Gets a little hinky. Yeah. So, but he did move around and you have to have flexibility. And again, you got to have a guy lined up and then, you know, you want to give the, the quarterback a different look and you change your positioning right before the snap and that kind of thing in the end. So I guess what I, what I thought maybe we would do, try to do in this podcast is like, Hey, maybe the battle lines have been drawn a little bit this spring at these safety positions. It's going to be this guy or this guy going to be this guy or this guy. That's going to be this guy or this guy. And I don't think we can do that because it's like Nathan. It's not really a battle between Sonny Styles and Lathan Ransom to start at Bandit, where in the end one is a one and one is a two at Bandit. That is not really what we think the outcome of this will be. Maybe it, right. That just seems like the weirdest outcome. I will say, and I know that this is a very Josh Proctor is kind of a polarizing name for our texters, for our listeners. I understand that. He was playing but, really don't well go too before far into Proctor. Don't go too far into Proctor because we're going to get right, to I the position. I'm just saying that – I'm just saying that don't rule out that the Proctor that was showing up early um, in 2021 before he got hurt can be around and that does affect this that there is a there's a better version of josh proctor than we saw last year but i don't want to go too far down that line but yeah that's the only thing that would maybe happen here that would really wonk this up but otherwise you would you would assume that you know lathan ransom is the most proven of the safeties in this room i would argue and styles has the highest ceiling of the safeties in this room, I would argue. It was also, he was an interesting conversation last week. An interesting, I just, the vibe, you try to get a vibe from some of these guys and we haven't had it an, an, an extended chance to talk to Sonny Styles since he got to campus. I tried to talk to him in Atlanta and it was, it was pretty brief, but I don't know. He just seemed like a guy who there was like no agitation. He just seemed like very smooth, like very in control of the moment uh, when we talked to him last week. Not in a way that maybe other guy. I don't know. Not 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 that other guys out there are seem very very nervous or bothered. But you just got a vibe from him a little bit. Like he kind of knows maybe what's going on, and he's not in a hurry. He acts older than his age, and that's the result of being two years younger than Jack and his his bro, brother. But hanging around those guys his whole life. So the vibe from study. So because we do want to make sure we get into this. Sonny, did Sonny talk about like what he thinks he does best, how he best fits here, what he needs to get better at? Like, what was, does he think he's more of a bandit than an adjuster? Or like, was that, was there much positional discussion, Nathan? Not, not significantly. And when, when it does come up, it's a lot of, you know, I'll play where, where they want me to play that sort of thing. I, I what his kind of his overarching theme though, um, which is, I think what you like to hear from a young player is, do your job. Like that's, that's what I have to do. This spring is about learning how to do your job. The, the, this, uh, the, the positional responsibilities are about doing your job. The safeties didn't do their job well enough. The last couple games of last season, they're trying to find somebody who will go out there and do their job and replicate it over and over again. And then the Leighton ransom side of things, I would say if you put together a highlight package for this Ohio State defense from a year ago, of a guy's seven best plays of the season. I, I would think maybe the Lathan Ransom highlight package would stack up with anybody on the defense. But then also maybe if you put together a package of like seven plays that didn't go that mm -hmm. well for a guy, Lathan Ransom would have some plays that would show up in a package like that as well. Like, where do we, how did Lathan Ransom express himself in interviews of like where he thinks he is? Again, the thing that happened, this is April. This is what we talk about. We thought we had a handle on the safeties a year ago. And then Josh Proctor missed a tackle on the first play of the season. And that was it. Everything yeah. in the safety room changed. And basically, Lathan Ransom took Josh Proctor's job. Lathan Ransom was not a starter to begin last season. 
And by the end of the year, he was like fifth on the defense in snaps. So it doesn't mean we're not going to, like I've said, it's always one of those things. It's like, why do you guys get so far ahead? It's like, we could just shut down the pod and say, we'll see in September. And everything else is, well, only time will tell. Well, that's not what you do. It's fun to talk about football. But where is Lathan? Like a year ago, Jim Knowles was amazed by Lathan Ransom's recovery from his injury. And like, man, I want to see what a healthy version of this guy looks like. And then he wound up leaning on him a lot. Lathan Ransom isn't a very different place now, Stephen. What's where's his head at? Yeah, it's it's Lathan Ransom's entire career has been doing things that nobody was expecting him to be doing since he showed up. And he pointed that out a little bit. He said this is his second winter. And I didn't think about that until you break it down. He didn't early enroll as a twenty twenty guy, but even if he had of, I mean, COVID. So he didn't get here to the fall, and then we get to the Big Ten championship game that year, and he's playing slot corner. All of a sudden in the Big Ten Championship game and then the Sugar Bowl and the National Championship game, he's playing real snaps. And then he's kind of in the in and out his entire 2021 year and then breaks his leg, comes back earlier than maybe anybody expected him to. And then as you just pointed out, he goes from this dude where it's like Jim Knowles is impressed with what he's doing, but as a second string guy, to Josh Proctor misses a tackle. And now Lathan Ransom's one of the best defensive players on the team all year. And then obviously we saw what happened in the Georgia game. So this is his second full offseason as an Ohio State football player, and it's led him to just be more comfortable. He said he felt rut. This was his exact quote. I felt a little rushed last year, which can happen when you work your way back from an injury and then you just get thrown out there in the Notre Dame game. And then now I get time to get my body to feel 100% and my mind to be 100%. And then get out there and just with the guys get get a lot of reps. So it feels like for him – they're you it's it's the, they're using him in different ways, but also he's just having a very normal offseason for his first time where he knows where his role is gonna be and what does that mean in year four of him when he's already gotten this many reps, when he's not worried about an injury, he's not replacing somebody in the starting lineup one snap into the game. It's just Nathan Ransom's probably gonna be a starter, whether it's a jester or a bandit, and he's just getting a lot of reps right now. Lathan Ransom, uh, 614 defensive snaps last year. Only Ronnie Hickman, Tommy Eichenberg, and Steel Chambers had more. Nathan, if you, if we were playing, like, predict the safety room in general, is Lathan Ransom as a starter the surest thing in the safety room right now? Maybe not exactly 100% sure which position, but, like, Lathan Ransom is going to start, just like Tommy Eichenberg is going to start, and just like... JT Tuimoloau is going to start. Is that where Lathan Ransom is? He's a sure thing. Maybe the specifics will change, but he's definitely going to be one of the 11. He's not a sure thing like those two guys are sure things. He's not He's not a sure thing like Eichenberg is a sure thing. But of the safeties, I would think he's the surest bet, yes. Well, I don't know. I might say he is. I, I, in terms of production, maybe not be, but as far as like, I'm quite confident that he'll be out there the first snap of the game. Yeah. I, I think he's pretty up there with what JT Tommy and Steele are at this point. And Denzel Burke. If we got to a world where when they take the field in the opener, it's Josh Proctor and Sonny styles. We would be what Nathan, we would be, huh? Or we would be like, what? Like try to in with the inflection of your voice. Is it, is it a, huh? Or is it a, what? or like somewhere in between? Um, you know, it's, it, <laughs> we've, we've been doing this a while now. It's easy to get jaded to be more like a, hmm, meh, what was that? Meh. <laughs> oh yeah. No, like, <laughs> okay. No, that's pretty good. Steven, what would your noise be? If like, we're sitting there, we got to, okay, here they come. Here comes Sonny Styles. Here comes Josh Proctor mm. and Lathan Ransom's on the side, clapping his hands. The sound you would make would be. I think my eyes would get wide and I'd go well then. And then I'd grab my binoculars and start looking for the tent. To see if oh, anything yeah. well, happened to him pregame. Well, then, binoculars, text. Yes. And and we'd write it down and we'd talk about it on the podcast afterward. Okay. So that's where we are at that position. In the end, the idea of this is probably the best position for both. Let them play their best position, see how it works out. Do you think maybe that Nathan Jim Knowles is using the spring to figure out who the best bandit is. And then the guy who's the second best bandit then goes into the adjuster battle in August. Or do you think we could go through multiple weeks of August camp where as we watch and as we talk, 
Lathan Ransom and Sonny Styles are the two guys that banned it, and that continues, and none of them are getting as many adjuster stats. And again, bandits like strong safety, adjusters like free safety. It's weird to look at it that way because adjuster, again, just seems like such an important job in in getting the defense set up. And to think of it as being like where the leftover guy would go is odd. I mean, especially because but at the same time, Ronnie Hickman was basically the bullet RIP in 2021 and then became the adjuster last season. So he had more of a bandit-like role before and then moved to adjuster. So I, I, I don't know. I actually don't know how to characterize exactly what they're doing with that. Some of this may just be that it's a guy who is so young that you know that you can let him work with the twos and come along at that pace and then make your big decisions later. I think there is something to that, though, because I mean, if we're going to look at adjuster and bandit the same way we look at Mike and Will, right, where one is – I mean, the Will's job is to see ball, get ball a lot of the times. While Mike Linebacker, you do have responsibilities. So it might take a little bit longer to find some trust in that. So if you spend this time just figuring out who your best playmaker is, who your best see ball, get ball guy is, it's not completely the same. But if you're fine, if you're spending the spring figuring out who's the guy I can just turn into a weapon and see the ball, go get the ball, that's the bandit. And you have nine months to develop a guy to be the guy who has to be the mind out there, that would actually make sense to me. Do we think that they would be more likely to put the older guy at adjuster? That if in the end they want Styles and Ransom Probably. on the field together, you'd put the older guy at adjuster because you don't want to necessarily put that on Sonny right away? Or would that not be a huge consideration? It's probably some consideration. But I think yeah. it's also possible that that Styles is just that good that you've got yeah. to get him on the field mm-hmm. and that his combination that he has right now because i mean he's got like such length out there but he doesn't he's not like thick you know and he's a big safety but isn't thick the way that like a court williams is it's a different mm-hmm. kind of body type i think it would fit fine in a more free-ranging uh you know need to cover a lot of ground situation but they also did really like what he did in the georgia game uh so in that specific role that would make you think that maybe they like what he could do locking down players like that in bandit. So I, I don't know. I think it's, it's, I think the battle there is just to be one of the top two safeties, prove yourself as being the, the, of the two best safeties. Cause I don't think they're going to put a guy who is their second best safety, whoever it is on the bench, just because. Okay. So we'll talk about that other safety spot, the battle there at adjuster. We'll do that next on Buckeye talk. Doug Nathan and Steven, if you'll be a tech subscriber, 614-350-3315. Cleveland.com slash OSU. We invite you to go read our stuff there. So then that means right now at Adjuster, it's Josh Proctor as a sixth-year guy and Kai Stokes, who is a second-year guy just like Sonny Styles. A lot of reason to be optimistic, maybe not quite as intense optimism as there is with Sonny Styles, but a guy that a lot of people like. What do we think, Nathan, of this battle right now? Josh Proctor has certainly been with the ones more often than not. How do we think this shapes up? I've been asking myself that a lot this spring as I just watch them play this defense. Like, what what is the long term goal, and what are they what are they expecting to get out of Josh Proctor? Which was sort of this semi unexpected situation to have him back. He said at one point in his own mind it was fifty fifty whether he was going to be back at Ohio State this year. And we had all sort of started envisioning a very intriguing safety situation this year for Ohio State that ne- didn't necessarily involve Josh Proctor. So this was more or less what he was doing before he got hurt in 2021. He had become the free safety in what was still a single high system. And he seems to think that that is the place where he fits best, even though we've long speculated that there are other reasons why he might fit better just with his physicality and stuff playing a, a spot more like Bandit. So he's getting every chance right now to prove that he is one of the two best safeties on this team. I I, I still think that the long-term outcome is is someone like Sonny Styles and Lathan Ransom emerging and, and being the most likely guys to start for this team this fall. But Proctor deserves some respect for what he was doing before he got hurt. And uh, I think they're giving him that respect right now. I think he's, giving, he's getting every chance to prove himself. Uh, we've seen some good things from him in practice. We also saw 
they were doing a tackle thing before at the start of scrimmage on Saturday, mm-hmm. and he was not doing great in there. And Perry, Perry Alano kind of pulled him off and was was getting into him a little bit. I thought so. Um, you know, there Jim Knowles said something like like this is it for him. <laughs> like like this is his last chance, and it, that's not like a threat that he's putting out to somebody. It's just like he's it's his sixth year. Like this is it. This is the last time he gets to do this. And uh, so he's on the clock a little bit in a way that some of these other guys aren't. Uh, so it's a matter of like, is it there? Did he did he have it and have it just slip away because of the injury and he can get it back this spring and kind of prove himself? This is a tough one. This is a tough one. This is among maybe the more unusual careers that I think I've covered at Ohio State in that you're talking about a guy who is back for a sixth season, career defensive snaps, 2018, three, 2019, 129, 2020, 357. That's a lot in that year. 2021, 84, which is basically, I think he might've played every single snap that that defense had until he got hurt. I think it was 63 in the opener against Minnesota and then in 21 against Oregon, and he gets hurt on that 21st snap, and that's the end of his season. And then 192 last year, which includes starting against Notre Dame and playing only five snaps against Notre Dame. He plays 38 against Arkansas State, 53 against Wisconsin, 40 against Rutgers. He's still in the mix in the first half of the season. And then the second half of the season, he plays like 60 snaps total, and he does not play on defense against Michigan or Georgia, and he's back. And he was talking about the idea of, I've got to get out of my own way. I've got to make sure I'm handling stuff with my nutrition and just everything in my life. I've got to give myself the best opportunity. I don't know, Stephen. It's it's hard. I think you give a guy credit for sticking around for this, but... It feels like to some degree we're having a potential discussion with Josh Proctor when he is in his sixth year of college football and he's 24 years old and we're still talking about what he could be. And that's just a tough place to be. It's not that I don't know that anyone's doubting Josh Proctor, but at some point it's like if you're waiting for something that you haven't seen, you know, how much can you wait? Yes, an injury factored into his career, but last year it kind of wasn't. So I don't know, Stephen, like how how do you view Josh Proctor running with the ones as much as he has this spring? Do you view it with like a grain of salt, skepticism? Do you just think, hey, man, I think this guy could start? What do you think? I think the, the idea of Josh Proctor has haunted this podcast since the mm. moment I showed up here. And I think our textures are tired of it. I think he's just the old guy. And they're, as Nathan said, they're giving him every opportunity. And we've seen this before with guys where they've given guys every opportunity in the spring to go to go get it. And it's either going to happen for you or not, but you can't say it's because you didn't have enough reps because you're going to get enough reps. The problem is, I don't, what, but what's, what's the best case scenario here? For Josh Proctor in a world where we think Sunny Sunny Styles is is kind of like that, at best he's the third best safety. Still, because if we if we all can sit here and feel like Lathan Ransom and Sunny Styles will probably long term be the two starting safeties, then at best he's third. I'm one of those high safety guys. But then also Kai Stokes flashed some things when he's gotten some opportunities, and you know kudos to Kai Stokes. He has been latched on to Josh Proctor like a lost puppy since he got here. They work out together. They're Big brother, it's a, it's literally a big brother, little brother relationship, and so it's, you know, is Kai Stokes still coming along as a guy who right now is the second string adjuster, and does it get to a point where midway through the year or even in fall camp you feel like Kai Stokes is doing enough that he's your third best safety? So I just don't know best what best case scenario Josh Proctor looks like and what the impact is, which is unfortunate because if he doesn't break his leg against Oregon, he's probably getting ready for his second NFL season right now. And that's a very vastly different outcome for his life than what's actually ended up happening here. And, and and Doug, it is such a weird career because go back to 2020, that's actually more like 600 snaps because that's the COVID year and that was only yeah, eight games. Right. So if you extrapolate it over a, a full season, it's more. But that was actually an underwhelming year for him because he didn't open the season with the job. It was Marcus Hooker's job for a big portion mm-hmm. of that season. So that was like the first indication we had that like, oh, is it? Is he just behind? Is something like why didn't that happen? 
And in 2021, it, it did look like it was happening, and then the injury happens, and then that throws everything off. So I don't know. I like I've been like I I I you're right. It is a hard one, and I've been trying to wrap my head around which way I think this is going since the start of the spring. And I there's a there's a world where I could see a maybe like a Damon Arnett like trajectory here, where it's somebody who we think is 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 maybe was overexposed a little bit and isn't as good as they are, but then that last year it comes together in a in a way that it had never come together before. I'm not saying he's going to be a first round pick, which Arnett shouldn't have been, but like I remember him talking about like how he had refocused himself going into his senior year, had some life circumstances that changed his perspective on things, and you got the best version of him, and it made that defense better. Or is it that um, you know there is just this guy waiting in the wings? And once they feel like he can be unleashed, then in um, on their timetable, not anybody else's, that that's going to not have a starting spot for, for Proctor. I, I don't know yet. I understand fans or texters or listeners being not what we've kind of talked through every angle of Josh Proctor in our time here. And you kind of you get hyped up for a guy and you get excited and that doesn't happen. And so it's like, OK, I, he is a very nice young man. He is just such a pleasant guy, very mm. upbeat for all the things that have maybe not gone as he would have hoped or expected at Ohio State. And I really enjoyed speaking with him last week and getting his perspective on things. I was saying, it feels like you're really philosophical about this stuff that, you know, why you're here and that it was 50 50 of whether you were going to stay. And that he said, one of the reasons he wanted to stay is to sort of help young guys out and, and do that kind of thing. But then I could very specifically remember my terrible, terrible memory walking away a year ago from a spring conversation with Josh Proctor, having the exact same feeling of like, Oh, he's healthy. Okay. This, he, he got that his season blew up, but now he's going to be back healthy. Here we go. This is what he's been waiting for. And then he just got beat out by a guy who also was coming off an even more recent serious Mm -hmm. leg injury and then got back quick and then just took his snaps. So that's not, there's nothing like there's, He's just been beat. He just got beat out by Lathan Ransom took his snaps last year. That's all it is. Ronnie Hickman was going to be Ronnie Hickman. And then there was kind and Tyner McAllister and Cam Martinez were going to do the nickel safety thing. Neither Ransom nor Proctor were going to be involved there. And then Lathan Ransom just took his snaps and then Lathan Ransom's still here. So that's not, there's, there's no, there's no negative around Josh Proctor. That's the thing. Sometimes you end up having a conversation about somebody. It's like, Hey, what's up? What's up is this guy's a good football player who's trying his hardest. And it just, from circumstances, some he could not control, some that he could. Sometimes just get beat out. But as we're trying to assess what it means for this Ohio State safety room, A, he's competing with a younger guy in Kai Stokes that a lot of people have high hopes for. And B, we just had the whole Latham Ransom Sunny Styles conversation which is really more immediate. If we said, if this was just Proctor Stokes head to head, how do you think this is going to shake out? Would we feel decent about the chances of Josh Proctor being the guy, at least to start the season, Stephen, if that was the only conversation? Yeah, I would feel intrigued because then, you know, I don't know if I would be so hell-bent on the, oh, he's the older guy. That's the only reason why he's with the ones. I think it would be because he's the older guy. That's why he's with the ones, but also maybe Kai Stokes is not ready yet. You can view it that way. But when there's the extra variables, the more variables you have, the more you have to lean on. He's the older guy. That's why he's with the ones in a way that you, Nathan brought up uh, Damon Arnett. I mean, I, there also wasn't a Sonny Styles behind Damon Arnett in 2019. Right. There wasn't a five star second year guy where it's like maybe he can take his snaps. So it was probably a good thing that, you know, one, it was I think the best uh, way to maybe comparison for Kai Stoke is right now is maybe what Seven Banks was at that point where there was still some hope in the guy that even if he was lower rated, you thought there was maybe something there, but he wasn't ready yet. While Damon Arnett, something just clicked in his head that allowed him to have the type of season that made the Raiders think for whatever reason, he was a first round draft pick. That's not, it's not necessarily the same thing when you add in, you know, if Jaheen Singletary had been in that 2020 to 2019 room with Damon Arnett and Jeff Okuda and was coming to his second year. 
But it's not that. Yeah. But it's not only a Proctor Stokes discussion, as we talked about previously. It's just hard, Nathan. The last seven games last year, second half of the year, Josh Proctor played 38 defensive snaps. And so to look and see what's going to drastically change, what what's he going to do differently in a big way when the guy who took his snaps is still there, when a five-star guy who's one of the best secondary recruits that Ohio State's had in the last decade is right there, how's that going to shake out? Is, is it going to shake out in a very different way for Josh Proctor? It's just probably not where our lean is right now. And he's running with the ones, but I don't know. I think not just us. If you went through the beat and said, do you think Josh Proctor is a starter in September? I Are we thinking maybe not a lot of people would say yes. Right. That's what I said earlier was I think if you did a survey, mm-hmm. I think that the, the guys who would be the, assumed to be the top two would be Styles and, and Ransom. And, you know, I, I think we all feel for Proctor or anyone who has a, an injury that severe. And that absolutely if you go back to last spring, remember Jim Knowles, when he was asked about Josh Proctor being kind of like, I, I haven't seen him play. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, he, some of the film I saw looked good, but like, he's not playing right now. His, his comeback from the leg injury turned out to be a bigger detriment to him getting on the field and having the season he wanted last year than Lathan Ransom, whose leg injury was much more recent, very similar injury, big time leg break, and was still able to come back and took his job basically. So, that's the other thing that is has made this tough is that Ransom and him being so aligned from an injury standpoint, but Ransom still either by the way that he attacked the comeback from that, or then just the way he was able to play probably a combination of both um, was the one who, who gained the favor of the coaching staff last year. And then Josh Proctor was talking about the idea, like he's been back and forth. So now he's back at adjuster when last year he was at bandit, when he's mm-hmm. been at different things through. And so he's like, okay, well, and, and people ask him, Hey, by the way, this is the first time you've had the same defensive coordinator in back-to-back years, your entire career at Ohio state, which is a thing, right? You go uh, back long enough. That's been, that's well, no, well, he like threw carry, a like carried it. Stick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it applies he, to everybody. He had, he had carried so for he's two had a, years though, but yeah, I see what you're getting But Carrie's second year only lasted two games. Yeah. And that first year was like six frame. games. So like, yeah, that's yeah. fair. So, I mean, it's been odd, but I do think in the end, first of all, there are alien abductions. And so the idea, you know, you have to talk about who's going to be the starter and then things happen. If this is how this wraps up for Josh Proctor, where to start the season, it's a 24-year-old, 60-year guy who maybe people didn't expect to be, didn't expect to be at Ohio State. If he is their third safety among the two deep spots, right? Okay, we're going to start Ransom and Styles, but if anything happens to either of them, Proctor's the next guy up both spots or however we would have to do it, right? We'll drop, we'll drop somebody down. If something happens at adjuster, Proctor's up. If something happens at bandit, maybe the, maybe the guy who's the starting adjuster moves to bandit and Proctor's the adjuster, whatever it is. If that's your role, and this is a team that is trying to win a national championship, this is a team that has a, you go through a long season, things happen. I don't know, Stephen, there's almost a part of me. I could see us being here and like, and then that's when Josh Proctor had to come into the Penn State game in the middle of the second quarter and play 37 snaps and really play pretty darn well and help this team win a game they had to win because something happened to one of the starters. And then when they look to say, who, who's on the second team, it's this guy who's been around the block. That is not for his NFL draft prospects. It might not be what he wants to be. That's a pretty good guy to have in reserve, Steven. And, and we see stories like that unfold all the time. And you talk about Jennifer, like he might still go test well next for, next spring and end up getting drafted anyway because some team takes a flyer on him in like the sixth round. But as you were saying that, I'm thinking the safety's version of Justin Hilliard. <laughs> Former top 100 yeah. recruit, highly rated dude who injuries with him was never really worked out here. But whether it's the 2019 Wisconsin game, well, either game, or it's in 2020 when he gets thrown out there in the Big Ten championship game, when he had his moments, he made plays that mattered for this Ohio State team. And 
I could see that for Josh. They play the right team where because something happened or they're in a situation where Josh is just not kind of out there playing a different role. And maybe his role is actually what Sonny Styles' role was against Georgia. That's his role now that Sonny's more of a vital part of what this defense is. And it's like, oh, against Georgia in a playoff game, Josh Proctor had six tackles and two brass breakups. And everybody else around the country is like, he has not done anything all year. He's played 75 snaps. But in this game, he made three or four plays for why Ohio State's going to the national championship game. I could see that because the talent is still there. It's just, unfortunately, circumstances have never allowed, allowed it to for us to see it other than these little sprinkles. Good teams have good twos. Yeah. So if that, Nathan, is in the end of what happens yep. here, he's running with the ones this this spring. He's competing. He's getting an opportunity, but good teams have good twos. And if that's what you say, hey, who's your, what's your second team secondary look like? Let us show you this guy. Oh, okay. No, that's, that's pretty good. That matters. And that might be what his final role is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's a realistic goal for every position group every year to think that it has starters too deep at at, at every spot, but we've been talking about safety. Like maybe it does. And Proctor's a part of that reason. And now you sudden you start talking about, go back to our first segment is Jihad Carter hurt more than it looked like on Saturday. And how long might he have to be out? And then if Josh Proctor weren't here, you're not really talking about the safety group that way anymore. You're still talking about it. Like there being some like high potential there, but maybe also being kind of thin. So I think there's a, there's an important role. And it goes back to what you were saying before, just about him as a guy. Cause I've had those conversations with him too, talking about the, the, the you know the blood in the emergency room after he broke his leg or whatever and he's kind of just got a smile on his face the whole time like some unpleasant conversations and he there's a certain attitude that I think would have to be present in a guy to 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 be the right kind of fit here to if it if he if he can win a starting job and he's the best version of Josh Parker we've ever seen then that's good for Ohio State too by the way but if it but if he does get passed up he might have the right kind of attitude to still be able to to play this out and be an asset to the team. All right, that'll wrap up our safety conversation. We are getting two more position groups this week, running backs and tight ends. Look for podcasts on them later in the week. Make sure you're reading cleveland.com slash OSU. But for now, for Stephen Means and Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.